0: Extreme
1: Anime Radio. Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Now streaming at twitchtv anime radio with podcasts powered by Anchor at anchor.fm/anime radio. Please note that our live shows are available to view on Twitch for a limited time. However, portions of the audio recordings may be edited prior to podcast release. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio podcast in general. We appreciate your understanding, and thank you for your support. Hi everybody, JR here, welcoming you to the 20th anniversary edition of the Extreme Anime Radio podcast, celebrating two decades since the creation of Keiichi Net Radio, which later became Extreme Anime Radio. This is a special introduction recorded just for our podcast listeners. First, I'm sure you'll hear it mentioned during our program, but I'd like to give my personal thanks to all of you, the listeners who have supported the station in some form or another over the last 20 years. In this special podcast, Neff and I talked to the person who created what was once known as the Keiichi Net Radio Network, Keiichi-san himself, along with Alva, another member of the XAR family who hosted our analog program for many years. We had a fun time recording the podcast, reminiscing about the days in which Extreme Anime Radio was in its infancy, or Keiichi Radio, as well as chatting about trends in computing, anime, video games, and Japanese culture, past and present. We had so much fun that what was going to be a one-hour show eventually turned into nearly two and a half hours. So as a result, we've split this podcast into two parts. You're listening to part two. If you'd like to hear part one, please exit this stream now and search Anchor or whatever platform you use to stream our podcast for February 1st, 2021, part one. We hope you enjoy the rest of the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast 20th Anniversary Show. We'll pick up where we left off right after this commercial message. We do one which is probably going to be um, Wednesday. Wednesday, we're probably going to do a game stream. Uh, We won't do anything after this, but um, Wednesday, we'll probably do a game stream and then return with the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast um, the following Wednesday. At eight p.m. Eastern, um, but yeah, um, I would certainly like uh, to bring you guys back on uh, to sort of uh, continue reminiscing about the good old days. This has been a, a lot of fun tonight.
0: I thought, okay. So just as a just as a, a, a interesting thing, I since I was going through my email archives looking right. for. All that stuff. I actually found an email from Caldef <laughs> from 2003. Oh. That would have been, I think that was, this was, that was right around the time we started getting a lot of emails because we were moving live threes from live 365 to Shoutcast. Yeah. Um, And people apparently didn't get the, uh, or people were so used to just going to, you know, clicking on a link inside of their Shoutcast
1: or inside of Winamp.
0: <laughs> Back in the day Right um, Yeah so I was like Oh wow I remember that I also found an email That I forgot I had um, I got a holiday letter From the voice actors Of uh, Bell and Kay Yeah I was so proud of that
1: Nice uh, <laughs> Way
0: back in the day Yeah I, Nice Yeah Mind you It's the English voice actors Who are right. adorably cute If you've ever So for those of you Who have actually seen Amigami Sama way back You know The original voice actors um, Not the voice actors i don't think they did the movie if i remember correctly this would have been back when the original ova series and that was what studio was that um
2: enemy ego i think enemy ego yeah right
0: An- enemy enemy ego um the voice actors for bell and k were actually together <laughs> They were a couple, and it was like, it was, like, whenever you found that out, it was, like, 14 levels of awe and just cuteness. Because I, you know, I've only met them once at a convention, and it's ironic when you see someone who plays characters, and they're so similar to those characters in real life that you're just sort of like, you know, you sort of sniffle a little bit, because it's like, (laughs) oh! Yeah. Right. So that was uh, that. That was one of those things. I I I lost. I don't know whatever happened after that, but you know, for that brief moment in time, everything aligned, and you're, and the the infinite levels of awe just yeah. uh, you know aligned into perfection. You know, into something that you're just like,
1: I uh, I,
3: I can't think of anything more more sweet in the world.
1: Okay, um, okay. um Neff, I'll give you one quick comment before we wrap things up.
2: Well, when he was saying that, I I just remember because later on there was a there was a TV series of um, Oh My Goddess.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, do you know the connection between the original OVAs and that TV series, K? Oh my gosh!
0: So the original OVAs. Oh gosh. You so just I talked
2: didn't... about them, but not quite the way you think.
0: Well, I mean, the, well, I mean. The... The connection between them. Uh, I'm not sure what you're meaning. Are you, are you meaning by the actual plot? Are you meaning like, because they're not licensed by the same company. One was uh, the- No, were but Pioneer. there
2: is one voice actor who was in that OVA Wasn't and it... in the second series of the, the second season of the TV series.
0: Was that Urdal? No. No. Yeah, you're that that is trivia that I don't know. Because <laughs> it, it was Bell
2: It was Beldandy herself in the OVAs. Okay. Who played Payorth in the T V oh, series. Didn't realize and the that. best part and the best part was when Payorth in that one scene goes to wake up Keiichi, she drops completely into the Bell Dandy voice. <laughs>
0: I'm going to have to... Okay, See, I okay. so I did watch... When I watched the new OVAs, I've been watching them subbed because mm. I, I typically watch everything subbed nowadays. I'm going to have to see if I can flip that onto the English <laughs> voice acting then because, yeah, I wouldn't have caught that because I've been watching them subbed um, instead of watching them dubbed. Um, mm.
1: Somebody just and, Go ahead.
0: I'd say, and that was mostly because... Back in the Animago days, you actually had some stubs that were sometimes as good as the originals. Like Animago back in the day, so, and I, and I know Jay is probably like, like, we're way over, what the heck are we doing? Quit talking! Um, but the, the Animago days, this would have been way back, Animago as a studio is not, the studio is still there, but the anime company around them is not there anymore. Hmm. Um, but because um, I think they got bought out or they got taken over by Genion.
3: And we all know what happened to them.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but um, Animego, they actually have, they have done, they did, Oh My Goddess, they did, um, I'm looking at a cell from the series and this is making me sad that I can't remember.
2: Ursa Atsura?
0: No. It's by the it, Okay, so the manga is by the exact same uh, artist that did Amigami-sama, but in fact, Bell Dandy is the main character again. You're oh, under you arrest. Lost. What's that? You're under arrest. Why you? Yes. A? Thank you. Um, no, um They also buddy. had. You're under arrest. They did um, that studio, even though it wasn't under Animego, also did, which is why some of these voices end up sounding familiar. The Pioneer stuff back in the day as well. So the original Ron Weil one half cast, the original Tenchi Muyo cast.
3: That was uh, Studio it, Dean, right?
0: Uh, I think that, yeah, I think it was uh, Studio Dean and what was it, East Coast, East Coast something. It was the actual studio name, but yeah, it, they were both in the same place, which is why they had a lot of the same actors, if I remember correctly.
3: Nice. I may
0: be making up, no, mind you. Someone, please feel free to the fact check me. I could be totally wrong in misremembering this. Um, uh. All I remember is. The Pioneer Studio and the people at the Pioneer Studio and the Animago Studio used a lot of some of the sometimes same people, right? Um, and their dubs were really, really, really good. And then shortly after, both those studios sort of disappeared. We started getting some really, really awful dubs. And that's when I switched.
1: <laughs> and that's when I switched to subs. At that point, <laughs> at that
0: point, yeah. Case in point, yes, ABV I'm talking to you.
2: <laughs> well, okay. ADV had some clunkers. I will not disagree. Steel some Angel Steel, Steel Angel Kurumi. Oh, dear God. Because they rewrote the dialogue to the point where it's like, this not isn't even close anymore. That,
0: and that was my problem with ADV, was they tended to rewrite the dialogue to a point where it didn't, it didn't, you know, at least like, like go and Pioneer, Yes, they had to rewrite the dialogue. You have to. You're trying to rewrite it to fit the, you know, to fit the way the Japanese mouth move, but you're trying to shove English words into those Japanese right. mouth movements. Um so I understand that to some degree. But the key thing being is that it needs to at least vaguely resemble what they're talking about. If KT is saying I shit to, to Bell Dandy, it should be something that resembles I love you. Or I, right. you know, I, I love you. I need you. Some sort of affectionate type of thing. It shouldn't be. Let's go to the moon, which is what ADV tended to do on half the time.
2: <laughs> okay, you just reminded me of the ADV moment where I I nearly lost my mind. Again, Steel Angel Kurumi, uh, Kirika, the small the small blonde Steel Angel. Hillary Hague was the voice actor in English, I believe. The the person who wrote her dialogue was by the name of Stephen Foster, okay? That's how traumatic what he did was. He basically turned the character into this foul-mouthed demon. Like literally every second word was a George Carlin word, a George Carlin word, a George Carlin word. In other words, a word we cannot say on the air. And it's just like, why did you do this? The the example,
3: sorry.
2: (laughs) I was just saying, why'd you do this? You went that far. No.
3: The example I always like to go back to with studios changing dramatically, changing the actual like intent of the dialogue when they localized it was um, actually from the original Slayers. Uh, there's there's it's oh, like an the, ADV. Either, yeah, like the very, like either first or second episode, very early on in the show, um, Gowry is in like a shop and he gets tackled by like a demonically possessed shopkeeper. And, uh, I remember in the original Japanese version, like, he's just like, you know, like this, this, this strengths, it's unbelievable. But, but in the dub, he just goes, this is a major customer service problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And oh. just like, like that every time I think of like, you know, ch- dubs completely changing the line, like that's what pops into my
0: head. Actually, no, actually, okay. Sorry. I have to take that back Slayers. At that point in time, season one and two was not ADV. <clears throat> the Slayers movies was ADV. Right. The Slayers original series was someone else, and I can't remember. Pioneer
2: was it? C- was it CPM?
0: It may have been Central Park Media. Okay. Uh, actually, hold on a second, because I think I still have those.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, we're, we're getting uh, we're getting close to the point where we got to wrap up soon. So. <laughs> um but um uh, if uh if K um Beta was asking if K and Oliver are available Wednesday night maybe we'll do some streams with them but it's up to their schedule um but uh we're probably not going to do any streams uh after this because the hour's getting late uh I'm also still a little sluggish uh because my arm feels a little weird um Uh, Full disclosure, I was um, blessed, I would say. Uh, I got the COVID vaccine yesterday. Um, Nice. It's my... The place where I work is a mass vaccination site. And um, New York State is now uh, making the offer of... My apologies.
0: um, I do not have that anymore. Apparently, I have already digitized it, and uh, the DVDs is packed up and who knows where. (laughs) Uh
1: But anyway, um, I was... um, Um, The state now is saying that uh, vaccination sites, uh, the employees who work there, uh, including myself, um, if the appointments are gone and there are extra doses available to start vaccinating the employees so that the doses don't go to waste. So literally yesterday, I was the very last person that had a dose available before they closed up shop for the night at the racetrack. Nice. So you got the magic sixth dose, did you? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but now I get to go back in um, in three weeks. But yeah, this morning I kind of woke up a little funny, strange. Uh, my arm is still sore from the injection. It still hurts a little bit. Uh, I'm sure it'll go away. And, uh, I'm, you know, it's the ex- expectations of the body working with the COVID vaccine and everything. So... Um, yeah, I'll it'll be, be at least
3: two, it'll be at least two weeks before your superpowers manifest.
1: Yeah, no, no, <laughs> a month, a month, uh, because it's uh, what is it? Two weeks before each of the shots propagates, basically.
0: Yeah, it takes. It typically takes a little while for yeah your system to start reacting to it. Right. By the way, back on our previous conversations, the reason why I was I was cur- I was questioning it because I thought it was a different name, but it, it, which it was, it was software sculptors.
1: Software sculptors.
0: Which was a wow. imprint of CPM.
1: CPM, yeah, yep.
0: Central Park Media. It was one of the Central Park Media. I I forgot that Software Sculptors was one of their uh, imprint brands.
1: <laughs> wow, sounds yes. The... For
0: those of you who are wondering, back in the day, we had three company, four, four, four companies who had released uh, released uh, anime in the U.S. Right. right. You had Media Central Blasters. Park Me- uh, Media Blasters. Oh no, oh, that's one I forgot. You had Media Blaster? You US Anime Core. US Man. Yeah, that was one I do remember. is US Anime Core, Software Sculptor slash CPM, ADV, and then you know, the one we always sing about. Boku one, one, no and, <laughs> and,
3: and even though I don't like to recognize them, I guess Harmony Gold kind of
0: counts. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> no. Harmony Gold. <laughs> Harmony Gold did not adapt anime. Harmony Gold took it. That would be okay. Saying Harmony Gold adapt, uh, you know, was was a was a anime studio. Look, that that, was, that was like saying her,
3: that was like saying you know, Doctor Frankenstein you
0: actually gave no, birth to a child.
1: I,
3: actually,
0: <laughs> no. I, what I was gonna say that would be saying like the studio who did Power Rangers did Sentai
1: shows.
3: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: No, they hacked apart an existing show, threw all their own crap in it. Four different existing shows. Yeah, four yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, the first Robotech <laughs> was purely Macross, but then Great. everything beyond that was, yeah, you had one that was like, that's not even Macross.
2: <laughs> okay. I'll I'll get you again with another piece of trivia. Battle of the Planets. What studio did the in-between stuff that they had to insert when they got rid of all the violence and all the stuff that would make the little case apparently, you know, keel over and die.
3: No idea. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Never
2: watched it. Yeah, bad too. Hannah Barbera. Hannah Hanna Barbera, Hanna- yep. <laughs> wow. So it's just like if you think hacking and slashing wasn't a long No, it's been going on for quite oh, a it's while. It's
0: been going on for a long time. I mean You know. Case in point, as I said, anyone who likes Power Rangers, um, you're mm. not watching one show if you've been watching those. You're watching oh, yeah, literally eight, well,
3: eight, at least was... two dozen Sentai shows. Right. I mean, in the, in the original, the, in, in the United States, that was a really popular thing for a lot of shows. So, I mean, you know, they turned Ultraman into Super Hero and Samurai Cyber Squad. They turned Common yep. Rider into Big Bad Beetleborgs. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah, yep. it was a fairly common thing to do. Right. It's just we're we're
0: rubbed out about Macross because it be, only because because of the way Harmony Gold did it, they made it to where the actual yeah, they, Macross series can never be released in the United States, right? They, and a they sell on the license; they won't give it up. Unless somebody literally sues them out of existence, and then well, and Big West tried to do that and failed, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Big West just tried to work with negotiate with them on this. They didn't right. actually try to actually sue them. You know, this is one of those things of someone's going to have to come out with a lot of money and literally drown them under it.
2: Paging Jeff Bezos, line three. Paging yeah, see, Jeff like, Bezos,
1: line yeah, see,
3: three. Like if I ever, if I ever become the richest man in the world, that's like item number one on my agenda. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I've been trying to close the show for about like half an hour, so I think. Oh,
0: this I... Is, Jr., this is this is. This, I mean, come on, really? Is this not typical for what we? I mean, we used to have extra time for a reason because how many show? How often did requests go over?
1: Oh yeah, too long. I guess it'd, be,
0: it'd probably be easier to count how many times it didn't go over.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but nine the...
0: o'clock ending was 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 a fuzzy ending, not really. A,
1: Exactly. Tried
0: to aim for 9 o'clock. Okay, I'll, I'll stop so you can actually wrap
3: this up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this has all been fun times. I've really been happy that uh, we could all get together like this tonight and uh, reminisce and blab and stuff. And uh, it's been really fun. And like I said, we got to come back Someone and do this again.
0: Someone wants us to go for three hours. What's that? Someone wants us to go for three hours.
1: Liz wants to go. Ugh. We
3: old people have bedtime.
1: I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll just start the show and hand it off to Nev, and he can run the discussion, and I'll be like the Bob Costas of the whole thing. I'll just come in every so often and say, "Hey, you're watching this." Da 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 da. <laughs> right.
3: I, I I still have the uh, I can I can play the old the old cut in of of Jr. announcing uh, you're listening to. <laughs>
0: I, I I unfortunately, I don't think I have, because I lost all of that type of stuff in, in the crash. I know JR still has all of it, though. Oh, yeah. I had all the archives.
1: This is your Animan J-Pop. Anime J-Pop Radio Station. <laughs> Extreme
0: Anime Radio, KGNET EX Squared.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, i mean nice. uh we, we one day if i can figure it out and maybe uh hook some stuff up maybe we have to go back into the archives and play some more of those bumpers
0: i'm about to say you probably could cut out all easily cut out all the music stuff out of the yes. show and do the, Red Red the... show on it.
1: Um, actually
0: i still have somewhere around here a cd you sent me that we had done we had sold very poorly <laughs> um, we did try to sell,
1: yeah, with uh, uh request a, show, uh, request
0: show best of one and two. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, I saw those CDs not too long ago. I got it. I, I think I've got it in one of my CD boxes. We'll have to bring them um, back,
1: definitely, because that's not copyrighted material at all, no, except to us.
0: Should. <laughs>
1: <None> <laughs> but, that
0: uh... should be, I mean, it, I mean it's probably a lot of stuff that we probably wish was uh was <laughs> lost in the ages but uh yeah
1: i'll have to go back up and check myself but uh yeah before we go uh anything else you'd like to say i'll go around the horn again alva anything you'd like to say to our listeners and viewers
3: uh just you know thanks for the the, the people that would tune into the station in general and also particularly my show i know how to. Couple of regulars from back then that are in the chat tonight, um, uh, Lyserg A.K.A. Kami and uh, um, Keldeth. Uh, those two in particular were always in the chat when I was doing my broadcast, so it's good to see him here, you yep. know, in the chat for the Twitch stream. So, hey guys.
1: Uh, that's about it. This cannot end without karaoke. No, that that will be a copyright violation.
0: Yeah, see that 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 that's that's how we get that's how we get get a mark on Jr. <laughs> Yeah, you and... cannot do karaoke. I mean, we're, yeah, we're trying to get karaoke. demonetized so that yeah, we can that's not, you get demonetized hard. really quickly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and speak- see, that's
0: all that's hilarious that you know that's like such a thing nowadays. It's like back then we were like, oh yeah, we'll just play all the music because we had a license for it. Nowadays, it's like it's like you know, demonetization, demonetization is death.
3: Something about demons, I don't know, demon.
1: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, demonetization and K always tripping up with his long words. Uh, that's a hallmark of extreme anime radio. Um, and speaking of what he said, um, Twitch, uh, I think we're up to like 46 followers or something like that. We're only a few followers away from reaching 50 and Twitch affiliate status. So we could really appreciate all the help you guys could provide. Uh, Word of mouth. Tell everybody about Extreme Anime Radio on Twitch. Twitch.tv for It's like Extreme Anime Radio. And click the like button. And then once we are able to start monetization, you'll be able to do subscriptions and whatnot and uh, really help the Twitch channel out. Um, Kay, uh, anything you'd like to say?
0: Oh, man. Um, Well, I mean... (coughs) Oh, how many times have I? I'm looking at it. And I'm going like, how many times have I said what I probably say now? Because let's face it, it's not. This would not be the first time I've been. We've done that. We've done stuff like this, but right. uh, yeah, over the years, I mean, it's it, it. I was always really shocked how many people had you know listened to us, and you know even still do listen through the podcast. Right. You know that this was something you know, and I'm I can remember. When we first started doing this, especially, um, you know, when people would say that, hey, this is something that gets me through my day, and I was always sort of blown away by that. Right. I mean, you know, when you're when you're setting up stuff like this, it's not like, you know, I mean, let's face it, I was doing it because I just wanted to share music with my friends. That's how this really all started. Right. Is I had a bunch of music that my friends didn't have and I wanted them to be able to hear my stuff, you know, hey. Here's this, here's this cool things, I want to share it with you. And to see where it ended up over, you know, now 20 years worth of history, um, it's still very surprising the road that it traveled. um, And that road, I mean, it, it was never an easy road either. Mm. I mean, from, you know, originally we first started doing this, um, let's face it, I learned more about licensing law than I ever wanted to ever learn. Right. Um, and then you know, people, you know, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that a lot of people were not aware of. Um, you know, we had on again, off again relationships with with some of the studios, even. Right. Um. So many of you probably were never aware of this, but there was one point in time where we actually were getting advance releases of Sony Music Japan music. And when I say advanced releases, I'm talking we got the album. The albums came to me on a burned CD with the Sony (laughs) Japan logo on it that they would send, that literally had a printed label on the front of what the tracks were. And when I would look them up, they were still two months out from being released in Japan. Wow. So, and then they brought that all on shore, and suddenly, you know, they were like, "Nope, we don't need help from all these radio stations." <laughs> you know, and and that was, for the record, for those of you who are wondering, that was Tofu Records. And Tofu what Records. happened to Tofu Records? Disappeared off the planet.
1: <laughs>
0: released like four things, and then disappeared.
1: Japan for Sale Volume Four was one of them, right?
0: Japan for Sale. Yep, they had the the no, multiple Japan for Sales. They released. Um, I want to say they also released. Um, let's see here. Um, I think one, three albums that right. were not Japan for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, Japan for sale were yeah, were the three were the were the were the four big ones, and then they had, I think a couple others. Mm-hmm. For those of you who wonder, J- um, Tofu Records was actually a subsidiary of Sony Music Japan. By the way, um, that was a U.S. subsidiary they set up when they started seeing the number of Japanese stations that were coming on here and going, there might be a market here,
3: mm-hmm. and then
0: they of course brought. Problem was is they brought Sony US people to manage the Japan music and well you know US music industry that you just think about how that is and that's all it is and no we did not have cl- clout at all by the way mm-hmm. they were just nice enough to send us stuff because they were like oh hey you know these people want to pr- you know promote our music in the United States for free right. <laughs> the least we can do is give them the music
1: right. <laughs> And that was and that was a big uh, that was a big time uh, around the time when a- the station uh, came out, where you know J-pop was making this wave, like a, a long yep. time before K-pop made yep. its wave. I mean, you had uh, Lark and Seal playing at uh, in Maryland, right?
0: Yeah, uh, that was so. With that, the first album we got from that that would have been um, when just as. Gundam Seed was hitting the US. Mm. Because the first album we got was TM Revolution's album that included Invoke on it. Now, Invoke had been mm. out when we got that because, of course, it had been out because the anime had been out. Right. But the actual record, it only, it only had come out as a single in Japan, where mm. we were actually playing the whole album. Mm. <laughs> um. But it was, yeah, it was... um and it was interesting I said it? it was it, it was a, it was a really weird time but you know going back to sort of what i was saying before right. the fact that people listened to us and actually cared about what we were doing you know our you know the craft that we were putting together the product we were putting out there yes we you know it's a product quote unquote but it's you know it's still technically a product the product we were putting out there people actually enjoyed and and were interested in and because of that interacted with us i mean i had so many great experiences when we went to conventions and we did live shows and we did, you know, and even, you know, you know just the online stuff. You know, we had a lot of really great people come and go um, that really, you know, sort of changed our perspectives on things
2: mm.
0: and really, you know, It wasn't like a one-way street where we were providing something and you know affecting all these people. No, it was two-way. It was great to hear from the people who came across and say, "Hey, you know, I listen to you guys and it gets me through my day at work." Or I, you know, I listen to the show because it makes me laugh. You know, and I, you know, and and, you know, and Yuki's adorable, which you know, you know, we heard on more than one occasion. Yes. And hippo, 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 hippo. I want a
3: hippopotamus
0: for Christmas.
1: Christmas.
0: (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's always been something where I have always greatly appreciated the people who followed us because they were giving us a piece, you know, a piece of their lives in exchange for a piece of ours. And whenever you do that, that's always a great exchange as human beings. So, absolutely. So, thank you, everyone. you know, hopefully this will go on much longer. Hopefully, you know things will get better in the U.S. to where you know. I, I unfortunately I doubt it with the way things are going. But <laughs> hopefully things will eventually get to a point to where um, you know we can actually do what we uh, you know what we all originally intended to on this, is right. Share with you guys the things we love, which was you know this this you know great music, um that that came from across the ocean.
1: And uh, if that happens one day, I think we're gonna go back to anime retro classics twenty four hours a day at that point because we'll have a gap with so much time. We didn't add music. <laughs> I, I
0: trust me. I understand that because uh, I, I personally have, unfortunately, really haven't been able to pay attention to Japanese music anymore. I mean, right. it's, it's it's become, and, it, and it's 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 sort of the 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 sad dichotomy of what how things have changed. It's also the sad dichotomy of why I stopped Going to conventions a lot of times because Mm. We've now hit that because Back when I started you know let's face it The first time one of my first Experiences going to conventions and what I loved About them that sort of disappeared First time I went to to, this would have been Anime Fest this would have been 2000 or 2001 Um, And I Went to this convention now this was a convention For those of you who you know this is going to probably Sound like a shocking number to a lot of you Um, There was 256 people at that convention. Now, just think about that for a second. 256.
3: <laughs>
0: and when, you know, I was walking through the convention and happened to come across a philosophical discussion of Ronmo one-half. That was with <laughs> 10 or 15 people sitting at a round table, literally having a educ, you know, having like a theoretical discussion on Ranma one half and the implications of it. Mm-hmm. And it was like that was one of those things where it was like, this is why I like the anime culture at the time, because mm. it was diverse. You had, you know, you had people who had all different likes and all different types of backgrounds coming together because of one thing and unfortunately you know for me being an older you know older fan a lot of that because of the sheer amount of it nowadays and and, and back then also you also had and and I know people are gonna be like oh it's so much better now because you can get it at it's prop the hat but that's actually it, it that actually sort of reinforces my argument that because it was so hard to get back then you actually had a better the better stuff floated to the top where today you have so much of it out there
3: yeah and you know? no, i definitely know what you mean like you, the effort you had to go through to really get your hands on the good stuff back then meant that you know it had it to be really good heavily, it had to be heavily promoted to really you know yeah get that far you know <laughs> yeah which We're, yeah
0: which nowadays you know I can see in any given season that there's 200 different series being released across Netflix and anim- uh, Amazon and Hulu and whatever Crunchyroll. Uh, yeah Crunchyroll and um, f- um Funimation's platform you know it, it 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 you know it's like oh I want to see the latest you know I want to see the new series that's coming out in Japan okay let's go watch it on Crunchyroll it just came out yesterday <laughs> right
1: they're doing
0: simul dubs, Simul-dub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where it's been dubbed in advance already, and you know, and, and and while it's not a bad thing, it what it does mean is that there's not this critical mass that says, Hey, you know, like case in point, when Shoujo Kakami Utena first hit fan subs in the scene, you know, first hit fan subs back in the day. Now, many of you don't know what Shoujo Kakami Utena probably is if you haven't ever seen it please go see it. Please watch it. Even today, it still holds up as a very, very good anime series, even though a bit strange.
3: Um, I, I remember sitting at a buddy's house at like four in the morning, watching the dubbed version of that, I'm just like, do you know? Do you know? Have you heard the news? Like, that line still pops into my head to this day. Oh, see, <laughs> I saw it in Japanese, so for me, it's
0: kashida, kashida. Oh, it's a it? kashida, kashida. <laughs> Uh, Toshi Kashima. 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 Right, kashima, like etoshi, that, yeah. kashima. Kashima. kashima to, you know, you, know, you hear that. It's like, oh, great. Here we go. Things are going to get even weirder. <laughs> but, um, but you know, the, but, but those series, you you could go to a con and what they were showing there, you knew, okay, it's going to come out. You know, that was actually how a lot of the studios would go, okay, we need to grab this series and release it in the US because mm-hmm. it's hitting the con scene and it's hitting it hard.
3: Right. You
0: know, like the first time I saw Utena was uh, was at like 11 o'clock at night in Japanese with no subtitles. Utena movie by the way. <laughs> you yeah. no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you're watching this thing almost like, you're looking at you look at it, you see the entire crowd looking, it's like why is she a race car? <laughs> and, and for those of you who have never seen it, I don't care. Spoilers. Dude, the series been out for fifteen years if you haven't seen it by now. It's a little yeah, it's a
3: little late to be It's a little about late spoilers. to be
0: throwing out the, the the spoilers, please. But yeah, it's like you know, and we're looking at each other like, why is she a car now? Why are we racing? <laughs> yeah. And, and you saw but the thing was is, you know, the studio saw that the room had oversold. Like there was a line out the door at this one viewing room because so many people wanted to see it and the ser- they, and and the the studios went. We need we need to get the movie too. Right. The series is not just enough. We got to get the movie because look at look at that, you know. And now yeah nowadays I couldn't tell you what's what's animated good or not because there's 200 series coming out. There's no way I could easily be able to you know you have to depend on once again other people going oh this is great and it's like well I don't even know who you are because um, right. everyone you know because it's just it's difficult, it's become very difficult to, to to get the wheat from the chaff, I guess. The ubiquitous
1: song from Utena, I think it goes, Zetai unme Me Moku, moku shiroku. shiroku Yep, yep, yep. yep. The dueling song. What are we
0: doing? What are we doing? So, ironically enough, okay, I ironically enough, one of the years I was at Akon, we actually were, we had an Utena cast. The elevators at Akon had gone out. Hmm. So, and our room Ironically enough, was a penthouse suite because we thought this was hilarious that a newtenicast was doing this. We had a penthouse suite at the Hyatt Hotel, so very top of the hotel. So as we're walking up the stairs, one person starts singing it, and by about floor twelve, you could hear echoing up and down the thing. Setai, Hume, Mokushi, as the newtenicast is going in circles around the the emergency stairwell, going up to their room <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> Yeah, just imagine that picture and and, go, and and just shake your head at that because that was the scene back in the day. And by the way, it wasn't just the Tenacast who sang it. We actually had most of the people who were going to their rooms and they're singing it. But then they finally realized why they were seeing it as we came by and they see an entire lieutenant cast come walking by. They're just like, oh my god, how did we
1: end up in this? Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, that'll be... That's a very interesting memory and a lot of memories we're recalling here tonight. Uh, Neff, I'll turn things over to you, sir. Uh, What do you have to say about everything going on uh, with Extreme Anime Radio as we celebrate? Well...
2: It's been an extraordinary 20 years. I'm honored to have been a part of some of it. Uh, I will say that it has allowed me to have a lot of fun, do things I never thought I'd be able to do before, such as interview the Dobson brothers at Anime North one year and have Scott McNeil try to bomb the interview.
0: Wait, wait, wait. In this okay. case. How, I want to know how, how you say he bombed? Because, by the way, I've interviewed Scott McNeil, too. Mm. Um, and... That is, by the way, for those of you in, in, the, in the chat room, that is the hardest interview I've ever done. Because, not, not because he's hard, he's an art interview, because Scott McNeil is not the, is by far the, probably one of the easiest interviews I've ever done. But because of the way Scott McNeil works, we actually had, his handler was crying on the floor during most of our interview because she was laughing so hard. Okay, Scott, there is. Okay, somewhere I have this interview. Scott changes voices quicker than most people drink glasses of water or take sips of water. So you get, you ask him a question, and he'll literally cycle through. You know one character, and the next thing you know, he's Cobra Commander, and then he's moved to another character, and then oh, he's the character from Gundam Seed now, and he because he's done so many characters, not just of anime.
1: Mm. He's
0: a general voice actor for animated series, and he 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 flips he flips through voices almost as fast as Robin Williams sometimes would, in like Aladdin.
2: Mm. You see the (laughs) trick with Scott is as much as it's his voice it's his physical stuff oh yeah makes me stand out
0: hilarious he is just a funny man
2: when i when i'm talking about him bombing the interview what happened was i'm in the con office at anime north interviewing the dobson brothers things are going swimmingly i so i thought apparently well scott mcneil sees us because you can see into the con office Mm. and then starts pantomiming (laughs) on the glass you know, sliding down the glass with his shirt open and saying things that never made it to air. Thank God. Because I think JR would have shot me on sight after that. It that, was just like oh that that
0: that yep, that sounds like Scott. That yeah, absolutely. Sounds like Scott. Um yeah, luckily I didn't have any video. Um, but when we interviewed him, I I, I had to cut like luckily I I you know I I I post-mixed it so I could cut out a lot of my laughing because we got, we were supposed to have five minutes with him, but like 15 minutes later where like his handler was like, Scott, we, we need to go. We, we need to go. That's
1: how I feel <laughs> right now anyway, but go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I can stop, but I, I I'll just say that Scott is a very, I, I understand where you're coming from having met Scott and having interviewed him as well. He is a, a very very funny funny very just generically fun to be around human being.
1: Right, I, definitely. I, I can remember some of the other very quickly the interviews, uh, highlight interviews we've had. I think Jay Michael Tatum with Neff, um, Kodakumi with uh, Yuki and uh, K. Um,
0: yeah, I'm, I enjoyed meeting her. She was a sweet sweet person.
1: Um, yeah. Some That's of the people done. from ADV, um, me, that I interviewed at a con in Jersey. So we've had some very good interviews. My favorite one that got turned into a
2: bumper was I think it was Chris Kasen and Wendy Powell at Anime North one year.
1: Mm. And
2: then Chris Kasen happens to see Godzilla's in, in the con office, you know, again, display and all that. And we start, ended up singing a very twisted version, you know, of that one scene... <sighs> in the charlie brown christmas special it it just it it was magical and i'm so glad that after the con i came home i listened to it again and i said okay this is gold (laughs) and it ended up being a christmas bumper for many years after that that's it yeah (laughs) god but uh, and then we, we got
0: lucky there have been i i will have to say in the years of doing this 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 station when i was running it we got lucky and we got to meet some people that i don't think we would have ever been able to meet in person um i mean i didn't get an interview with them just because it was so tough to do but we did get to sit in on a a session uh with the artist that did um uh oh come on dang it my brain is slipping past me (laughs) serial experiments lane okay um and he was awesome he is he dude, that man is a dude I have never seen a bigger bigger Apple fan in my entire life. He, he would come to conven <laughs> look, dude his main reason to coming to cons, he would come to conventions, this one in particular, he'd come to Anime Fest because he was friends with them. But also, every year Apple released a new product, because it would release in the US first, he would he would schedule himself to come to that convention and then go to the Apple store and buy all the Apple products. And then bring him back home. It's
1: like why? Why not? Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: I was like, I was like, okay, that 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 is a completely legit reason for doing this, but your your motives are a little suspect here,
1: dude. (laughs) Just a little. We got
0: to meet. We got to meet him. Mm -hmm. Um, I we got to meet. I didn't get to interview her, unfortunately, because they were, uh, they just they could not get it done. But I got to see. Um. Oh my gosh, brain, brain. My brain is not working this evening. <laughs> um, singer from S es- that did a lot of the Escafloni stuff is linked to um
1: Megumi Hayashibara.
0: No, not no. H- not Hay- uh, Megumi. <clears throat> I wish. Um, no, she never came to the U.S. Sakamoto um, Maya.
1: Maya Sakamoto.
0: Sakamoto yeah. Maya. Yes, That's it. I got to see her live with um with a. <laughs> musical guest in the background that we all sort of guessed was someone but no one would ever actually confirm it was her. I'll leave that open to you because for those of you old school fans, you should know if my Sakamoto is somewhere, there's also typically someone else along with them. Um
3: Ooh.
0: especially if you can't tell who they are.
1: <laughs> Ga- Gabrielle Robin going...
0: What yeah Gabriella Rob- Yeah, Gabriella Robin, yes. <laughs> there was lots of rumors during that convention that a particular per- a, a-, a particular, uh, Yoko of the Kano variety might yes. have been at that convention, but <laughs> no one was able to confirm nor deny that rumor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: um, got to meet Kotakumi twice. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pretty awesome. Um, I got to meet High and Mighty Color. Um, got to meet... I think we had an interview with high and mighty color though mm-hmm. um, so that one was just that was a very odd one because they're they they're not used to English right they felt they were it was one of those things like the first time it's always interesting with Japanese with Japanese artists when they come to the US because they really don't know what to expect and so like this is, I'll, I'll <coughs> let me let me end with this and then I'll make this my sort of final point of what what I mean by this Um in concerts in Japan, for those you've actually seen a concert in Japan, there's typically not a lot of yelling or screaming, unless it's a rock concert. So <clears> rock <throat> concerts that are exception to that rule. Right. Um, visual K bands, things like that. You know, if you if you if you're a follower of X Japan and have watched their live shows, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like Mayasakamoto concerts, things like that, where the crowd is typically, you know, it's more almost like watching a musical and that right. you don't say anything, they clap politely at the end of songs and right. things like that. Now, that has changed. I have noticed watching song, you know, watching live stuff that's more recent, that seems to be going away. Like I've seen some concerts, some live concerts from the last like 2 or 3 years, and it seems like the cl- the crowds are starting to become a little bit more like American crowds. Mm. Um not totally, but they're much more Loud, even during the songs. Like there's a more way more cheering than you used to see. But anyways, um, why I wanted to say that is because when these artists come to the U.S., they really don't know what to sp- expect. And where this becomes interesting is when you see an artist. Like I got to see the the, the prime example I'm talking about here is Kodakumi, mm. who, um, the couple times I met her, the first time I met her, it was just her. And they they uh, Avex did not send a whole entourage with you. They sent her a translator and a handler, and right. so she was, you know, she was absolutely a, a pleasure to talk to. Mm. Um, you know, she was, you know, really didn't have, you know, because you didn't have Avex. Because for those of you also who don't know much about the music industry in Japan, Avex is like, you know giant Godzilla standing over artist. They they, they are notorious, notorious for make, micromanaging every one of their idols. Mm. And I do say idols in the most realistic term because even if they're an artist, you know, like, you know, Kodakumi is, is, is an Avex artist. Um, You had Hamazaki uh, 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 Ayumi. They really manage... It's less about – it's not like U.S. market where it's like, okay, the the label is here to put together an album for you and sell that album and do some promotional, and then you go on tour, and that's where you actually make your money. Mm. In Japan, especially like with Avex and with most of the labels, you are an employee of Avex. Right. So they you know it's not just they help you with you know they bring in people to help you write they bring in people to help you with the song they also manage your day-to-day life cuz you <laughs> are the product right you know so your relationships with other people are monitored how you you know how you present yourself when you go out is typically closely monitored and you there are rules and things about what you can and cannot do at, you know you know now once you get big enough you're able to break out of that mold and sort of be able to do some of your own thing but that's a high bar to reach. Right. And so when we met Kotakumi it was you know very interesting the first time we saw her when Avex wasn't standing over her. Now mind you when we saw her the first time was this was Anna, this was um Ushikan. Ushikan. And so she had just performed the night before and there was a it was a small room and why I say small room I'm talking for most conferences what you take two of your standard panel rooms and put those together they had her doing a live show in Wow. Stand, so it was standing room only she had a corner of an area she didn't have a band she was doing everything she was doing all karaoke
3: mm-hmm.
0: Um. and but you know think about that sort of environment and you know that club style environment and an American crowd and what's going to happen Mm-hmm. You're gonna get blasted off the stage, you know that that <laughs> energy from the cl- crowd is gonna literally almost knock you over. And you know she showed the next day because she was absolutely glowing the next day. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like <laughs> it, like like it was you know it was one of those things, just like wow. We then saw her again at Onicon. I think it was Onicon. Mm-hmm. It was one of the Houston conventions, and this was not more than six months later. Mm-hmm but they had her in a arena-style ballroom performing. Mm-hmm. And so, giant stage, she had all her dancers, she had a backup band this time, Avex had really brought the whole production, you know, brought the whole production. Crowd mm-hmm. was dead. Silent because, it. W- well, here's the problem, because, once again, think about when you look at venues. If you have a crowd that's sitting on chairs in a nice, spaced-out environment, they're going to do typical to your japanese crowd right they're going to be very quiet during the songs and afterwards they're going to you know clap and cheer after that and then you know and then right when we had interviewed her or we we didn't get to interview her exclusively it was it was a uh, a, a press gaggle right um she had mentioned during that that one of her songs that she really loved that she did as part of uh, final fantasy uh the final fantasy things was Sen no Kotoba. Thousand Mm -hmm. words, right? The the, for those of you who've never heard who've only heard the English version, it's called a thousand words in English. It was sung by a different artist on the American release of Final Fantasy X. Um, but for the Japanese release, it was a song called Sendo Kotoba. Um, and it's a you know, I'm sure it's a very emotional song, even in English, but especially in Japanese, it's, it's very emotional. Um, we were watching this because we could tell. That, like you're watching this as someone who had seen her now twice. You're looking at this, going, something's wrong. She's off, and for an Avex artist to be off is big. Mm. That is that it never happens. You know. Once again, this is a professional idol. This is really at that point time. You're talking professional idol. Um. And so we watched, and we're like, okay. Eventually, she's gonna sing Sendokotoba no because it's one of her two biggest. It's one of her two biggest songs in the U.S. You know, because Final Fantasy Ten Two. Right. Thank you for correcting me. it there was, yeah, was that. Too, that had there was that, and, and that, and Real Emotion
3: were like both huge yep. for yeah. Real
0: Emotion, and yeah, Real Emotion and <laughs> Sendokotoba no are her two biggest songs. She had already done Real Emotion, and it was all right. Um, you know, now part of it also is you know once again we have a backup band of dancers, it sort of gets a little weird too. Right. But she sang, started singing Sendokotoba. No She screwed the song up. She reversed the... (laughs) She Well, when I say she screwed it up, she reversed two of the... uh, So, you have, you know... The lyrics? uh, Refrain 1, chorus, refrain 2, chorus, refrain 3, right? Mm -hmm. She swapped refrain 2 and refrain 3 and sang them backwards. So she sang refrain 1, then refrain 3, then refrain 2. Hmm... And her voice started to crack during the song, too. Mm-hmm. After that song, she left the stage. Wow. There was, there was, a, you know, there was, she left the stage, and you thought, okay, the show's over, you know, or you, you wait for an encore, and the crowd was sort of cheering for one. And then the lights, house lights came on. She never came back out. Oh, jeez. The next day, um, during the press gaggle, she was not answering any questions. Her Avex representative was.
1: Wow. That's what,
0: and that's that's the interesting cultural insight when you get to the, then and, and from and, and that's the worst part is it's from a from a viewer perspective. You don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. You're just like, wow, that ended quickly. Right. But because you have you know that little bit of insight that you can get from that seeing a little just a little bit into that into that artist's soul mm-hmm. to be able to see that and go she's not okay right now or, right. because of the experience she's had the first time around where the crowd was literally you know once again club style cloud the crowd was absolutely just the, the, the room was blowing up at the seams you know that was one of those experiences where like thank god I had a press pass because right. I wouldn't have gotten that room otherwise we right. actually had a we actually had a press area a literally a small little section um, that was specifically for press. Um, that was literally like five seats on a raised platform, so it was really awesome. We actually got to see over the crowd towards her. Mm. Um, That's cool. And on and on that other show, we actually were front row in front of the speakers. Always a great place to be.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I say that with lots of sarcasm because being in front of the speakers, even in front row, is never where you want to be, no. unless you have like major earplugs. But
1: real dichotomy d- for sure.
0: Yeah. But um, it's it's those type of things that are are experiences that you just never really get to see as and it, and it's insight like that I I loved trying to bring back to people mm-hmm. because you know people forget that the these artists out there especially when you talk about your J, major J-pop idols they're humans they're mm-hmm. people and they come with expectations and when those expectations don't happen they're gonna react just the same way anyone else does regardless how much how polished they are. Right. Um and I actually felt I actually felt when I saw that I actually felt really heartbroken for her because mm-hmm. the first time she was out there she came across as a really really nice person and that second day they had her in she did speak a couple times mm-hmm. but they had her in such damage control mode you you can tell when a person is being robotic right. and being just deliberately cold that you know cuz they're trying to just keep themselves and when you see that coming out of a person that literally you saw 5 months ago was just expressing absolute warmth and joy mm-hmm. and you know came across as as an absolutely beautiful person you really felt sort of heartbroken for them and by the way i don't think she ever came to the united states after that point
1: right right she yeah.
0: disappointing um, mm-hmm. cuz she was a great artist i mean i'm not a huge fan of 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 she was more of an R&B-style Japanese artist. This was when the Japanese uh, music scene was... Started. Yeah, she, she was, had, more was a very ballad-style,
3: kind uh, of, yeah.
0: Well, she had a ballad-style yeah, for those songs, but her traditional, her more of her, her normal stuff was very urban. Like, it fall, fell more in line with the more R&B-styled um, pop instead of the more EDM-style pop. And I, You know, right. it just not my taste, but but... It's it's always interesting when you get that part of perspective on a person whether it's a voice actor or a or an artist or a band even um you know being able to talk to a band and you can you know especially before the performance and you can hear them really what you know sometimes even wondering why they're there you know like literally not understanding we're in America but we don't know why and it's like oh <laughs> because this track, this track, and this track are in this anime series, and that anime series is huge right now. And they're like, Really? You've heard of those songs? Like, and yeah, and then people heard about these tracks because they actually went looking for You've heard that song too? <laughs> like like the sheer absolute utter astonishment of some of these bands, you know,
3: and, and artists as they realized that, hey It was like, you know, how many how many typical like American yeah, not to use the yeah. word nerd derogatorily, but how many typical American nerds had ever heard of Vutana Hikaru before Kingdom Hearts came out? You know, like... Yeah. And, yeah. and then, exactly. but suddenly, you know, that song was freaking everywhere, you know?
0: And then, of course, they they brought out an English album and it was absolutely awful.
1: <laughs> um, I, I really want to continue, guys, but I got to wrap the show up. Um, yeah, it's... Can I, can it's I, really I at least fun. mention...
0: Um, the, the absolute worst lyric I probably ever heard ever was your easy please peasy and I'm Japanesey.
3: <laughs> I, I love her English stuff. Like it's so bad, but it's it's adorably bad. What's you know, you know what's worse about it? You realize you realize... okay. I I, I
0: I will I promise I will shut up after this. You realize that the if you've ever have any of you if you've played Cyberpunk 2077, the not. band that's in there, um the Us Crap.
3: Oh, yeah. I thought you meant the Us... band, like, in the story.
0: Oh, that's the band in the story, the Us Cracks. That's <laughs> band. Samurai, for some reason. No. Samurai, okay, Samurai's the rock band. The Us Cracks okay. is the J-pop band that's in there. The J-pop gotcha. band is sort of modeled at that, because they're... Um, Okay, I am going to give a slight spoiler here for Cyberpunk 2077, even though it's not a really major <laughs> one. So the J-pop band in, in Cyberpunk 2077, Us Cracks which speaks in very broken in, broken English and very Japanese. They're from the United States originally. All three of those characters, like you get them out of their, their um, characters and they speak perfect English and they're like excited because they're they're like, fr- they're from the U.S. <laughs> Hikaru was born in the United States. I remember correctly. Yeah, She's yeah, born yeah. from Burbank, California. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, you just look at that, you're like, you speak fluent English. Why? Why are you writing such a really awful English <laughs> song that sounds like someone in Japan wrote and translated? <laughs> I never understood that because I thought Yukari really had a great voice and could have really excelled at the US market. I guess if they hadn't written it, like it was, yeah. I I I don't know how that right. Yeah, is. I mean, it, it definitely
3: sounds often like her songs were just like run through Google Translate. <laughs> and,
0: and and that's disappointing because yeah, she's a native English speaker. <laughs> yeah. And okay, as promised, Jar, I will let you rap. I will I will stop taking over your podcast.
1: It's gonna I, take I, about get the mute
0: button right now.
1: It's gonna take about like three day, uh, three uh three months to edit this thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh but no, um I appreciate you guys coming on tonight. Uh it's been fun. It's been long. More long, but you know. Um no, it uh, really is a pleasure to hear you guys uh reminisce and talk and you know, Kay makes a wonderful point about um how this um how this project known as Extreme Anime Radio and all of um The J-pop singers behind it—we're all all connect to our human side, Um, basically—and we really appreciate uh, you guys uh, again supporting us over all this time. Um, Neff, did you want to uh, finish your thought? Uh, Because we got well. There was one.
2: There's one quick story I want to tell. Um, For those of you who've been around for a while, you'll know that I suffered a very serious accident in. was it 2016 or 2017 Mm -hmm. where I ended up in the hospital for about eight weeks or so and it was pretty bad and I wanted to thank both JR and everybody involved and the listeners everybody because that was one of the things that kept me going especially you know because physiotherapy wasn't was a bear etc and that's why when I came back I came back the way I did because I was like look You guys stuck by me, I'm going to stick by you. And that's why I stick with this, and I stick with the station, I stick with JR, and like I said, you guys are, for lack of a better term, my family. I appreciate you, and thank you.
0: So when Def is saying it, it's not actually the time I went up and visited him in Canada.
2: (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 I was in
1: one piece back then. I was in one piece back then.
0: I'm joking. I'm being very facetious about that.
1: That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, Extreme Anime Radio uh, has been a part of my life for as long as I've been involved. Uh, we've had uh, ups and downs, connections and disconnections and reunions and breakups and all sorts of things happening. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's certainly happy and an honor that we have reached this point here. Um, and we can hopefully continue on, as people say in the chat room, for another 20 years. Uh, and I thank Neff for his uh, kind words and his friendship uh, through thick and thin. Um, so uh, I will spare you the uh, the closing commentary, Neff. And I'll say to everybody, if you have any questions or concerns or compliments or complaints about Extreme Anime Radio... Um... Keep them to yourself.
3: No, sorry, I'm sorry, wait. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or you could, or you, we could just talk for another two hours. Or we could... You know, like
0: what we're doing? You can go yourself. <laughs> I'll let J.R. Add a, uh, add a bleep in there in, in post.
1: Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, well, we have a we have a few of those sound effects. Yeah. Uh, email extreme anime radio at gmail dot com. Uh, our podcast, which will be available sometime in August, at anchor dot fm forward slash anime radio with that new squiggly line logo. Um, all of our links to social media are at linktree l a n k t r dot e e forward slash anime radio, and you'll find links there to our social media outlets on Facebook, on Twitter. On Instagram and Extreme Anime Radio on Discord. We have a Discord server and we hope you guys will check that out. Um, and again, um, we will probably come back uh, with a game stream, not a podcast, but a game stream this coming Wednesday night. Um, and then the following Wednesday, we'll come back to the podcast um, at 8 p.m. Eastern. We might also schedule a few more gaming streams in the interim. Uh, I know that uh, people want to see us uh, play some more uh, maybe some Jackbox, and so maybe we'll do that in the next stream, but we'll see what happens. Um, please follow us on social media for all the latest information. Um, next week
0: on Extreme Anime Radio, JR gets horribly uh, scarred by being forced to play a Yuri uh, video game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, can, I can recommend one if you guys need recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: <laughs> that wasn't uh, nearly uh, uh, as funny if I hadn't actually seen JR's reaction to that. <laughs> like there was on, actually a physical there was a physical reaction to that.
1: <laughs> on that um on that gravitation note, for um for Neff and for Alva and for that guy in Texas K you saw. It. Wait I'm a second, JR. Hey, JR, gravitation's the opposite side. Well, (laughs) it's close enough. Come on. (laughs) Uh, No, it's not close enough. There's a very big difference between those two things. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll, we'll argue that point next time. But for everybody involved, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, I'll leave enough the final word. And remember, keep on listening for the Extreme Mario Podcast and don't forget to check out our Twitch stream. And we'll
2: see you Next time.
0: Thanks, You're everybody. at Ex Squared Extreme Anime Radio. Lab I can noises. still do the voice.
1: <laughs> then the slam noise. <laughs> I don't have the slam. yet i Don't <laughs> have the slam <laughs> noise. Trying
3: to do the slam noise. I was like.
1: <laughs> have a good night, guys. <laughs>